You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Um, welcome to the show. But first, we're going to shill some names at you about Patreon. Because today's show... <laughs> 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 no, today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Andrew, tell us a little bit about what Patreon is. Uh, Patreon is a service that you can use if you'd like to donate to us to keep our show running uh, at the best possible quality. Um, we also give you guys perks for it, of course. Uh, for just a dollar, you get access to probably an extra 15 minutes after every episode where we just kind of go off the rails, talk about whatever we want. Usually related to the show, of course. Um, and then sometimes we, also we just for, talk about the room. That happens more often than we'd like to expect. 90% of the time it is talking about the room. But <laughs> for $5, you also get access to commentaries where we actually will fully watch a, a show with you entirely. Usually like a, a movie or something that people will have access to, of course. Um, it's like we're in your living room with you, whispering in your ear. Ear. um yeah so tell us who our current patrons are now andrew current patrons we have stephanie l terry needleman max lunig benjamin lira chris o'kelly lily ackles mackenzie horner john donna taryn the duck melissa goldman Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Teskier, Cullen McLeod, Fire of September, Sam Bergman, Mina Moniri, I keep getting that one wrong, Monica Thoreau, and Brent Black. Hi, Brent. Never heard of any of these people. (laughs) But they do give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you would like to join them in supporting us and get tons of free perks, such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day early, and the after party, come join us! Um, let's get into the show. Let's get to the show! <laughs> Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. <laughs> and I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, the podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. And oh no, I've said his name twice. I just need to say it one more time and he'll appear. No, it Andrew. has to be unbroken. It has to be unbroken. Oh. Andrew DeWolf, Andrew DeWolf, Andrew DeWolf! It's showtime. <laughs> we didn't we didn't even fucking bury the lead with this. No, there's nothing. It's it's Jess, it's showtime. <laughs> this week we are talking about Beetlejuice, the musical. Hey folks, begging your pardon. 
tears and start on the whole, you know, being dead thing. You're doomed. Enjoy the singing. The sword of Damocles is swinging. And if I hear your cell phone ringing, I'll kill you myself. The whole being dead thing. Death can get a person stressed. We should have carpeted way more deals. Now we're never gonna see them. I can show you what comes next, so don't be freaked. Stay in your seats. I do this bullshit like eight times a week. So just relax, you'll be fine. Drink your $50 wine and take a breath. Beetlejuice is a stage musical with music and lyrics by Eddie Perfect and a book by Scott Brown and Anthony King. It is based on the 1988 film of the same name about a deceased couple who try to haunt the new inhabitants of their former home and call for help from a devious bioexorcist ghost named Beetlejuice, who is summoned by saying his name three times. The musical premiered at the National Theater Washington, D.C. in October of 2018 prior to opening on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater in April of 2019. It is produced by Warner Brothers and the Geffen Productions. All right, Andrew, what do you think about Beetlejuice, the musical? Now, I may have just watched too many bad musicals in a row, but it's fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I put a tweet out where Andrew's just like, I fucking loved it. And I was like, whoa, I knew this would be much more up your alley than, say, Sunset Boulevard, Jekyll and Hyde, or American Psycho. Honestly, I kind of like Sunset Boulevard, but like... This was just exactly what I wanted to see. <laughs> Even when we did our Tony's commentary, and I vaguely remember that night, um, you were very positive on what you saw from the Beetlejuice performance. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really know what to expect. I'll be honest here. Like, um, assuming these are airing in the order we're recording them, I am hugely into American Psycho, the movie, and I fucking hated the musical. I don't even really give half a shit about Beetlejuice, the movie, but this is fucking amazing. (laughs) Well, I liked Beetlejuice as a kid, and when I heard there was going to be a musical, I was kind of like, do we need to adapt every single fucking movie into a musical? And honestly, they improved on almost every facet of the movie and added their own stuff to it in a way that felt natural. Yeah, I mean, I would rather watch the musical than the movie, I think. The only reason I'd watch the movie is maybe Michael Keaton. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched that recently, but Alec Baldwin is so fucking bad in that movie. He is it it is baffling that he had a career after that. That is a career-endingly bad performance. Uh, the movie is just so good, I guess, that it made up for it. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like even the movie doesn't really make sense and the musical tries to take on what it is. Like in the movie, like what the fuck happens when you say Beetlejuice's name 3 times? Yeah, I don't, they didn't, like, in the musical, they actually explain it, like, he's allowed to do stuff. (laughs) Well, basically, the musical sets up, like, he needs a living person to say his name three times so he can be seen by the living. That is it. It, They break it down very early in the first scene. Like, this is what his goal is, and it's very clear. Yeah, and it, it is good, because otherwise it'd be like, what is this fantasy, what is happening? Right. Uh, in in the movie, saying his name three times, like, makes him show up to you? Or you show up to him? It's weird. It's it not doesn't... consistent. 
And also, there isn't nearly enough Beetlejuice in Beetlejuice, the movie. I think movie. there's like max 20 minutes of Beetlejuice in that movie. He's like um, um, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's like, in like, I get it, he's the bad guy in, in obviously both of these, but he's a fun character that you want to see. You know? He's like the most charming <laughs> child bride seeker I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously, especially in this one, he's kind of like an internet troll almost, but it's like, it's funny. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> I feel like the book writers and like the people behind this got a lot of influence by Deadpool, especially in like Beetlejuice's pansexuality, his wall, fourth wall breaking and like overall, he's not like antagonistic as much as he's just kind of annoying. Yeah, I can see that. Although, was he antagonistic in the movie? He like sexually he... assaults people. <laughs> he does that in this too, though. Not not nearly as bad. He doesn't just walk <laughs> up to the first woman he sees and make out with her the way he does Gene and Davis in the movie. I guess. I mean, it was 1988, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that makes it all okay, right? No, I mean, that's probably why they thought it was okay to put that in the movie. <laughs> and like they're having a conversation he's using a stick to look up Gina Davis's dress. It's uncomfortable. It's Michael Keaton though. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that the show currently rides on the back of its two leads and they very smartly handle the two leads of this musical and they take it away from the Maitlands, um Adam and Barbara and they Thank focus it God. Yes. <laughs> directly on Lydia and Beetlejuice. And I find that very like revealing when they introduce Lydia before they even introduce Beetlejuice or the Maitlands. Like honestly, when I realized that the leads from the movie are not the leads in this, I was like, "Oh, that's so good." <laughs> <laughs> this I feel like this took a lot of inspiration from the TV series. I don't know if you remember watching the animated TV I've show. I've never seen the TV show, not one time. I watched that I watched that before I watched the movie. And in that, like, Beetlejuice and Lydia were just kind of friends, and he would bring her into, like, the Tim Burton world to, like, help him with his problems. I'm like, okay, that's kind of the relationship Beetlejuice and Lydia have in this one, too, where they're just kind of buds. Yeah, and, like, Beetlejuice is such a, like, a bad person that, like, they're friends, but not really. It's, it's, it's I like it. <laughs> you know, it's, like, best friends, but the R is in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that <laughs> but they introduce Lydia and she sings a song called Invisible where she feels like she can't be seen because she's just sad about her mom's death and her dad like doesn't want to address it and then Beetlejuice reprises that because he's literally invisible and he wants to be seen <laughs> by people and it's like they both have the same need in two different ways and I'm like oh you guys are brilliant Honestly, the the way that both of them completely parallel each other in Act 1 and then separate from each other in Act 2 is so good. <laughs> it's so... it feels so natural and it makes you wonder why this wasn't like this... It feels like this is the natural conclusion of what the story should have been. Exactly. Um, because in Act 1, they're almost like the same person in a way. They're both kind of self-centered and they... Outcast outcasts and they feel like everyone is you know they've got morbid senses of humor think they're yes. smarter than everyone else uh, yes exactly everyone's dumber than them uh and then it goes to act two and beetlejuice stays the same 
but Lydia realizes that this isn't how it's how I should be acting. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's really, really good. And that, surprisingly, surprisingly good. Like, one of the biggest issues I have with the Beetlejuice film is the relationship between Lydia and her mom. And I think Catherine O'Hara as um, Delia Dietz in that film is, like, on a whole other level from everyone else. Like, she's fucking great in her own way. But she treats Lydia like she's her actual birth mother, and that's always bothered me because she's supposed to be the stepmother and have that disconnect there. And really, she just talks to her as if there there's blood there, and it, it feels weird. Her character's way better in this. <laughs> Whereas in this one, there is very much that disconnect, and she's just like a fucking guru crazy person. I fucking love her in this. She's actually really funny. <laughs> I think she's uh, brilliant, and she sings this great song, No Reason, that I... That is actually a really good song on top of being hilarious, which is so rare. It just kind of reminds me of what my old guru always said, you know? Uh... <laughs> Sometimes it's good to change. I don't have a funny thing to say here. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew gave up. He didn't I even g- try. I gave up. I'm putting my sunglasses on now. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and the guy that plays Beetlejuice, um, Alex Brightman, is absolutely, absolutely incredible. Yes. Uh, and I, I don't know like... how the hell he sings in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also very... His like first claim to fame was portraying Dewey in School of Rock. And he was like the only good thing about Andrew Lloyd Webber's School of Rock. I, I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> really? <laughs> Honestly? No, not at all. Not at all, no. It has some good, <laughs> good moments. I like the movie. They should have just got Jack Black to do it, honestly. Just get him back. I mean, I don't I don't even know if I'd prefer Jack Black to Alex Brightman, though. <laughs> Alex Brightman hey. is like a force on himself. Like, he you know, could hold the honestly, whole stage. No, he is really good in this. Like, really, really good. <laughs> and the thing is, I would not expect anyone to meet his equal. But the fact that little Sophie Ann Caruso at age 17 is able to be on his level every time they're on stage together. It's so incredible. Like, she is a star in the making. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I, yes. I don't know how, how many times we can just say that it's really good, but yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and the fact that they're not afraid to go for the pathos. They're not afraid to be, like, taken seriously for a minute. Have a moment where they're not aiming just to make you laugh. So we talked about all the good stuff that they changed from the movie to improve, but they also did keep some stuff that was good in the movie, I think. Like what you aimed for. How about we talk about some of that? Go for it. Okay, well, number one, keeping the Act 1 closer as Deo is hilarious and really funny. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to say that is great. You see, they have to hold those cards because they know, like, the people are waiting for these moments, but we have to one-up what they're expecting. So let's make the fucking pig sing at the dinner table. Yes. It's it's fantastic. And how they introduce it, and, and I know that's how they do it in the movie, but it's just, it's so good. <laughs> but a lot of people complain, like, the reason why it's funny in the movie is because it's literally just, like, the recording album coming out of their mouths, where in this one they're actually singing it. I've heard complaints like that before. I'm not going to complain about that. I think it's funny. And it's te- it's they're being possessed, so why wouldn't it be like their, their voices? 
<laughs> and I think the fact that, like, when the puppetry comes in, it just... It, the fact that they're able to one-up what happened in the movie equally as well. Like, gives you what you wanted, plus more. Yes. But it's it's still them keeping something that's good from the movie, so they're not just like, oh, let's just change it all. They It's still there, you know? Yes. They know what works in the movie, and they know what takes away. Like, the thing that I like is when they bring back Jump in the Line at the end. Yep. And But they also mix in the reprises of all of Lydia's themes, like when she starts singing Dead Mom and Home in the middle of it, and they're like backing it up like, shake, shake, we want to go home. It's like, it feels like, okay, this is a cohesive whole. It's not just a bunch of thing, hodgepodge of things shoved together, like another musical we recently talked about. Yes. <laughs> um, other things that they kept was... Uh... Obviously, the costume design of Beetlejuice and, like, the set design being heavily inspired by that Tim Burton kind of Beetlejuice vibe. Right. Uh, very strong. Uh, love the black and white stripes still. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't keep, like, the hair the same. Like, they changed enough of it that Alex Brightman can make the look of it his own. Yes. But it's still obviously Beetlejuice. Like, you're not going to look at him and be like, Who who's that? Is that... His own original character, Jeetlejuice. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I agree with that too. Um, yeah. No, I, there's a shit ton of great things in this, and uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. All right, can I talk to you a little bit about some of the things around this musical that I find interesting? Sure, like sure. the Go actual ahead. politics of life. Oh, politics of life. That's one of my favorite topics, and you know that. You love talking about politics. I know you. You love Yes, it. I love politics. This is musical theater politics, so it's nothing like that. Okay, good. <laughs> so, remember when we saw the Tonys and, like, the musical Tootsie was winning all the awards? Yes. And this kind of didn't win anything. I think it just... I don't even think it won set design, honestly. Which I think is horrible. Uh, I mean... I I'm think not going to say that this incredible. deserves to win a ton of stuff because, I mean, it was up against, like, Hadestown as well, right? Which, right. I agree. I wouldn't say this is as good as Hadestown. It's a different animal uh, than Hadestown. I think this is a better crowd pleaser than Hadestown. Um, yes. But I don't think it's as good, technically. Would I rather see this or that? I mean, it kind of depends what mood I'm in, to be honest. But, right. Yeah. But, but let's see, I haven't seen, but... <laughs> But Tootsie took home all the awards, like, it was doing so well that, like, they had an advance well into next year. <laughs> like, and then Beetlejuice somehow swept away, like, every bit of audience attention. Like, they were expecting <laughs> Beetlejuice to close, and because it did so well in the Tonys and the advertisements they made and, like, them promoting it on their own, like, it started selling out, and now Tootsie is like playing to empty audiences because they did the too far advanced seats <laughs> um i think uh one thing i wanted to say i we mentioned we were talking about uh my trip to times square at one point and you yes. were asking about what advertisements were the best beetlejuice i think is the best advertising down there right now um if at least one of like what do you remember as like the advertisements down there in Times Square, they have this big billboard that goes around a corner where it just says Beetle and then Juice on the other side, which uh, really does stand out as like something that's just kind of interesting. Um, and I, I, I just distinctly remember that, whereas a lot of the other advertising, I just it doesn't stay with you, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, 
I it bothers me a lot that a lot of movies are getting adapted into musicals and getting fast tracks, and it means it's a lot harder for original musical theater content to get there. But it makes me so happy when people put the effort in to make sure that there is an arc to the characters and that the story makes well, sense and that it's a crowd pleasing environment. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand being upset about something like American Psycho the Musical getting fast-tracked to Broadway. Or Tootsie this, the Musical, even. But this takes the material and honestly improves it in such a way that it's like, this might be better than the movie, you know? Yes, and that is so <laughs> rare. I think the only other one I can think of that comes to mind is Shrek the Musical that improves upon the movie. Yeah, which I think that one is kind of debatable, depending on who you talk to. I haven't seen it, so I won't weigh in, but... <laughs> Well, yet <laughs> whereas but I, don't... I think this you, I think people would at least be able to say that this is as good as the movie yes and it pays tribute to the movie and loves the movie while also being like let's do our own thing it's obvious Absolutely. that it has a lot of love for the movie oh yeah of course um, but it does it's not afraid to veer off when it feels like it has to and it also makes the movie work in a two-act structure, which is something that is a huge problem with a lot of these movie adaptations, I find. Now, why a lot do you of the feel ones that? we've seen. Uh, well, just in our previous episode of American Psycho, they have to fuck up everything to make it work as two acts. Uh, and you always bring up Frozen, where it's like, they, they want this big act one closer, but it's a moment that does not work there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whereas Deo works very, very well as an act one closer, especially if you follow it up with like an attack that leads to a plot relevant thing. Yeah, and I think they the structure of this is not the same as the movie in any way, really. But they have this character thing going on with the parallel between Lydia and Beetlejuice throughout Act One, and then them breaking apart in Act Two, where it works as a two act structure without needing the plot stuff that's in the movie. I feel like Tim Burton doesn't quite know what a good script is, so I feel like a lot of potential for great material falls through his fingers way more often than one would expect with someone with his visual eye. Well, with Beetlejuice, in the movie, you have it, they're following Barbara and Adam uh, through the whole thing, and there's like a lot of scenes that are not present at all in the musical here. Because in the movie, they, like, go to the other side or something, and they talk to somebody, which I think they do do, but it's very briefly in this, where I think it's a lot longer in the movie. Um, yeah. Because Tim Burton just wanted his moment to show off, like, his designs for all the ways that people could die. Yeah, which is which is neat, I guess, but, like... Mm -hmm. That's one of the most it's... horrific part of that entire film. Like, remember the guy that's, like, all just, like, ash, and he's, like, smoking cigarettes? Like... Yeah. It's fucked up. It's kind of, like, depressing, like, it, it's sort of, when you die, you're just however your body was, that's how it is, that kind of sucks. Well, that makes, <laughs> that makes me interested that Adam and Barbara, they drown, but they look like themselves. Is that just because that's the life, how they lived it? I don't know. Like, yeah, like, shouldn't they be, like, purple and, like, wet all the time? <laughs> but they were genuinely good people. Maybe. I don't know. Unlike I the beauty really... queen that had her little accident. Yeah. It, it's odd. Um... But yeah, that that type of stuff isn't really present in this. So, in, in the it is for the one shifting... song that's a really fun song. Yes, but in the movie, if I remember, it's it's probably like ten minutes, mm -hmm. maybe more, roughly, probably more, the, a little like fifteen minutes, more screen time yeah, than Beetlejuice. 
Yeah, and through that whole thing, you don't have Beetlejuice, which is a fun character that is just not present at all during that. Uh, and and you you don't really have access to the other family at all, which is I mean Lydia the is obviously a main characters. Yeah, so it's just Barbara and Adam who are just kind of bland. <laughs> I think that Gina Davis is trying her best. Yeah, but the characters themselves are written as goody two shoe. Oh, golly gee Willikers characters. It's like I don't. But I like that. These I we like <laughs> I like that's an interesting premise that I think this takes about as full as it can. Or what if two nerds had to try to scare people out of their house? Like, I guess. But it's just like that's a funny concept. I can see that working very well. I can see it working really well, and it it does work in the movie. But it's just, I think that. It's better as them with them as side characters. Yes, I agree. <laughs> That's why Deo works so well in both the movie and the musical. Can I ask you a question? Sure, sure. And this is something that this musical has been criticized for, but I also think I've also praised in other musicals, so I wanted to bring it up here while I can. It's representation mm-hmm. of suicidal teens. <laughs> Where she's um, just like, my mo- my dad's like... Um, dating this guru lady, and I'm gonna kill myself and jump off the roof because I'm totally alone. Yeah. Um, I mean... I'm gonna defend this in a second, but I want your opinion on it. It's something where, I guess I, when I was watching it, I just didn't really even think about it. Like, it just kind of felt fine to me, so I guess I, I don't know. Because now that you're bringing it up, like, yeah, that is kind of fucked up, but I guess because everything around it is so good I didn't really even con- stop to consider it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think like, as a character, Lydia's goal is to find her mom, and she has definitive proof in like, two characters that there is a life after death. That's so true. Under- that, that makes is probably sense to why, me in my mind. That's probably why it doesn't feel as fucked up, because she knows that when she dies, she's not actually gonna be, like, dead. Like, yeah. gone. Because she has actual proof that there is an afterlife. So I guess it doesn't feel as fucked up because of that. Whereas if it was just like, she didn't meet the ghosts and she's just, I'm gonna go kill myself. It's a little more fucked, I guess. Yeah. Not that it isn't still fucked, but it, I guess it's slightly less fucked because of that. I will say, knowing the character Beetlejuice from the movie, it was a little weird to see him being like, you don't want to kill yourself, it won't make things better, it'll just make you dead. Yeah, but we we all know why he was saying that, it wasn't because he actually gave a shit, it was because he wanted a living person to say his name. <laughs> it felt like he gave a shit, though. I think he does legitimately give a shit about um, Lydia. I think he likes her in like a I don't, I don't really even know, like, he relates to her kind of way, because they're both like, very morbid. <laughs> he wouldn't hurt her if he was, like, just for no reason. Well, he wouldn't intentionally hurt her for no reason. <laughs> right. He would definitely unintentionally do it, because that's just who he is. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go into a mid-show, then talk about the music? Um, Absolutely. Hi guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a shill at you. Shill at a shill, 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 shill. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. 
They give us a little financial assistance that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese, and you know how much we like lights here. Um, our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lehrer, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Casty, Haley McDonald, Teskier, Callum McLeod, Fire September, Sam Bergman, Mina Maniri, Monica Theroux, and Brent Black. They Hi, give Brent. us a little... Hi, Brent. <laughs> to give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals of Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks such as patron-only commentaries and our episodes a day early and the brand new After Party series we've started, come join us over at Patreon. Andrew, is there anything else you want to say before we get back to it? Andrew loves La La Land. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> Hi, Brent. Hi, Brent. <laughs> hey, Andrew. Do you got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've been trying to bulk up a little bit. I think I might be hitting the gym. I don't know. What about you? I just know for a fact, or there's only one place you should be looking at to get a high-protein, good-calorie diet, and that's Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered where, Andrew? Right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and of course, protein first, which is just what you're looking for, right, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate how you forced the pun in even more this month than the last one. Well, I don't know if there's any facts or fiction here, but it sounds like we got a lot coming up. Um, forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up with fast, restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. Uh, to my door, absolutely, yep. I mean, that is where I want them. But it's not just, like, quick and easy solutions. They're also a great special occasion meal. I know you and your girlfriend don't go out to restaurants as much. Imagine having just a restaurant coming to you and you having date night right at home. You know, she'd really appreciate that once in a while, I think. But not only do they offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, they will also help you stay on top of those goals to bulk up, Andrew. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. And you know what? That's going to get pretty handy in your New Year goals. Am I right, Andrew? You know, it is sounding pretty good, but where would I go to get this? Well, you would head to Factormeals.com slash Musicals50 and use code Musicals50 to get 50% off. That code, Musicals50, at Factorsmeal.com slash Musicals50 to get 50% off. I mean, by the end of this year, thanks to Factor, you're going to be ripped. You're going to be looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They're going to call him Dwayne The Pebble Johnson next to you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Maybe I'll get to be in Moana too. You'll, you'll be in Moana 3 and 4, thanks to Factor. <laughs> so go to factormeals.com, kids, and get your 50% off deal.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Andrew. Do you got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've been trying to bulk up a little bit. I think I might be hitting the gym. I don't know. What about you? I just know for a fact, or there's only one place you should be looking at to get a high-protein, good-calorie diet, and that's Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered where, Andrew? Right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and of course, protein first, which is just what you're looking for, right, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate how you forced the pun in even more this month than the last one. Well, I don't know if there's any facts or fiction here, but it sounds like we got a lot coming up. Um, Forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up with fast, restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. Uh, To my door, absolutely, yep. I mean, that is where I want them. But it's not just, like, quick and easy solutions. They're also a great special occasion meal. I know you and your girlfriend don't go out to restaurants as much. Imagine having just a restaurant coming to you and you having date night right at home. You know, she'd really appreciate that once in a while, I think. But not only do they offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, they will also help you stay on top of those goals to bulk up, Andrew. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. And you know what? That's going to get pretty handy in your New Year goals. Am I right, Andrew? You know, it is sounding pretty good, but where would I go to get this? Well, you would head to factormeals.com musicals50 and use code musicals50 to get 50% off. That code, musicals50, at factorsmeal.com musicals50 to get 50% off. I mean, by the end of this year, thanks to Factor, you're going to be ripped. You're going to be looking like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. They're going to call him B- Dwayne the Pebble Johnson next to you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Maybe I'll get to be in Moana, too. You'll, you'll be in Moana 3 and 4, thanks to Factor. <laughs> so go to factormeals.com, kids, and get your 50% off deal.
a show about death. So what did you think about the whole being dead thing? Uh, I like this song quite a bit. Uh, it obviously is a huge fourth wall break, and he's talking directly to the audience. But it's a lot of fun. And, That's uh, fine. It's, it's fine. It sets up the world in that he's going to do that a lot. Yes, and I think with him as a main character and as almost... Well, not almost, he kind of is the narrator, I would say, right? Yeah, as close as like, we get to one, at least. Yeah, so he has to talk to the audience, so I think it, it really works. Um, and also setting up that, like, hey, there's going to be a lot of morbid stuff in this and we're not going to take it seriously, so just get used to that. <laughs> you can take a fucking joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and with Beetlejuice as a character saying that, it, it it's, makes perfect sense. <laughs> Yes, and this one deserves the name Beetlejuice, where the film kind of doesn't. Yeah, because there's just so much Beetlejuice in this. <laughs> um, the song itself is just a lot of fun. Uh, they go with what would you call the music style in this? It's um, almost like I a, think it's like traditional rock. Yeah, ca- traditional, but kind of mixed with a more of a show tune sound. I think. Yeah, like, Eddie Perfect is a, basically a pop songwriter, but he understands, like, storytelling in a way that a lot of pop songwriters don't. Yeah, all, all of these songs are very specific to this show. Yes, and specific to the plot element and story element or rule element that they're telling. This isn't Jekyll and Hyde where you can just take any of the songs and just play them on their own and they still make sense. With this, you have to understand what's actually happening most of the time. <laughs> and they're usually pretty specific, like, um, not to jump ahead, but like, um, Barbara 2.0 is very specific about Barbara and Adam's life, and I think that's a really, like, fun song. It's like, yeah, we aren't kombucha people. Yeah, and it, it doesn't really make sense outside of that. <laughs> not at all. Um, Which is a good thing, actually. <laughs> yes, yeah, specificity in musicals are important. You don't, you're not trying to make EPs here. Yeah, you don't realize that until you watch two musicals in a row <laughs> that don't have that. <laughs> what, you weren't a big fan of Take Me As I Am? Someone like you? This is the moment? Uh, not a common man? Okay. Uh, fucking uh, let's talk about this <laughs> let's talk about dead mom dead mom I'm tired of trying to iron out my creases I'm a bunch of broken pieces it was you who made me whole every day dad staring at me like a This is Jess's favorite song, so I'm just going to let him take it. I fucking love this goddamn song. I what? I will say I find her calling her mom dead mom a little bit cringy at first, but I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> well, she's mocking her dad who just says your mom's dead. She's a she's your dead mom. It's yes, fine. Yeah, I, 
I get that. I get that. And like hearing the song on its own, I'm like, oh, that's weird. But like seeing it in context, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Again, why context matters. Context is important. You can't take this out of this show because of that. Um, and the fact that you feel like her emotional, like, I just want to talk about you to someone. I want to feel like you're still alive instead of pretending you didn't exist. It's very specifically about, like, I don't want you to disappear from my life. Which is very relatable, I would say. Yeah, because a lot of people do just try to pretend that the person that they loved who died just kind of never existed and move on. And she's like, I can't move on. Like, that's that's my mom. It's Yeah, it was your wife, but she was my mom. Like, that means a lot more to you than you probably realize. Yeah, and it's, it's just... That is a, a real thing that people deal with where, you know, sometimes people grieve by just, oh, well, let's just... Move on by pretending it never happened at all. Like, this person just mm -hmm. didn't exist. <laughs> and for a show as Which broad is very unhealthy as this show is, there's not a single joke in this song. There's not one jab to the audience. There's not... It is sincere. It is... It's because the character gives a fuck, we give a fuck. Yes. I think it's a, it's a very good song. Uh, for sure. It knows what it's trying to be. And the biggest problem I see in a lot of musical songs is they don't know what they're trying to be and they don't understand how they fit into this. <laughs> and every song in this show fits where it should be. And they sound like the characters who are singing it. Like, this is, like, the first, like, really rocky song because Lydia's a bit of a rebel. And the Maitland songs are a little bit more bouncy, like, ooh, goofy. And Beetlejuice sounds like Danny Elfman-esque. Yeah, it's, it's all perfect. It all fits in. Speaking of tonally relating to a character, let's talk about no reason. Oh, gee, I hate to break it to you. The universe is just the contents of time, matter, and space. Yeah. 91 billion light years across, and the Earth's a small place where good people die. No. Yeah. And famine and wars. The Pacific Islands are sinking, but negative thinking is hardly the cause. You think life is all unicorns and rainbows because you're bored. Yeah, sure. This is the this is um fucking uh, Delia's song, right? Delia, yeah. Um, Delia. She's she's like this girl that worships like her gurus and like buys she's crystal very, and all that. She's very very into her guru. Um, <laughs> Otho, who has a Otho. much larger role in the movie, and I love the actor that plays him in the movie, but uh, it, they smartly diminished his role a bit in this. Um. Oh fuck! I, I'll be honest. This song eludes me a little bit. Can you give me a quick refresher? Um, I like it because it shows both Lydia's point of view, which is positive nihilism, like joyful nihilism, in the same way that Beetlejuice has it. Whereas Delia is like, everything has to happen for a reason because my guru said so. And it sounds like very oh, tribal, oh. very Indian, yeah. like like vagary like india sound to it and i find that hilarious like this is what delia sounds like this is kind of her song she goes through like a few like like sayings and shit like that like and just i don't remember 
I'm sorry, like I really love this show, she, but I don't, I don't have a photographic memory. <laughs> she, like, takes a turn into, like, um, you have to go and t- take your eggs and go and freeze them. Yeah. Like, it goes, like, real off the rails about, like, Delia's own, like, insecurities as well. And Lydia's like, I don't she even also, know why I'm here. She also has this thing where she mispronounces, all, like, everything. Yeah, yeah yes. like, she takes on all these things, but she doesn't quite understand them. Like, one of them, she's like, crystals speak to me. What do they say? Buy more crystals. Yes. <laughs> she is every, um, oh my goodness, everyone who lives in Sedona, Arizona. Everyone that, like, read Eat, Pray, Love. Can you say my name? I don't know your name. Well, I can't say it. How about a game of charades? Yes, let's play it. Two words. Right. Second word. Uh-huh. Drink. No. Beverage. No. Wine. No. Juice. Yes. Okay, first word. Okay. Bug. No. Ant. Close, but no. Beetle. Yes. Beetlejuice. Wow, I'm impressed. And all you gotta do is say my name three times. Three times in a row, it must be spoken unbroken. Ready? Yeah. Okay, go. Beetlejuice. Can we talk about Say My Name? I like this one. You mean Andrew's favorite song? I don't think it's... I don't know if it's my favorite. I don't know if I have a favorite one in this one. To be honest, Let's the music say my is... Name. The music is good in this, but it's... I don't think it's the strongest point. I think the strongest point is the this characters book. in the story. Yes. Yeah. But the music is good. Like, if the music wasn't good, I wouldn't like this as much. But it's not, like, amazing. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, when the Tony season happened... The show I expected to listen to the least was probably going to be Beetlejuice. But now it's like the one show from that season that I've returned to the most. As much as I love Hadestown, you can't just easily turn that on. Whereas this one, I'm like, I'm going to fucking listen to all these fucking bops for the rest of the night. (laughs) Say My Name, I think, is a ton of fun. And I love that they keep playing with her saying Beetlejuice twice and then saying something else that starts with a B. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Beetlejuice, Um. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Cause you're so smart, a stand-up bro. I'll think about your <laughs> let you know. <laughs> it's it's great. The lyrics are are really uh, clever in because of that, and uh, I also like that it ends and she's saying "say my name," referring to herself. <laughs> <laughs> like once again, it's another one of those moments where her and Beetlejuice's like arcs and goals like cross one another, and they're basically mirror images. Oh, yeah, and she was about to jump off the roof, and then she pushes him off the roof, which is funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What? He was already dead. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it also tells story. It shows that the Maitlands can figure out how to do possession. So not only is is it fun, it is plot relevant. Absolutely. And it also very cleverly does, like, the charade scene from the movie in, like, five seconds. Yeah, that was the only thing that was like, that felt a little rushed, but I mean, I get, they have to get it over with. So. <laughs> yeah, we all fucking know his name at this point. Like, yeah, if that was like, like how we learned his name, you can take your time, but like, right then, it's like, fucking get it over with. Get it through. Yeah, it. like, come on. <laughs> just, just, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to talk about Deo? Um, I mean, I, I guess we kind of have to, but at the same time, this is, so this is a song that is not written for the show. 
obviously. Um, so it's it's interesting that we should talk about that, but it is the Act One closer, and yeah, I like it. I I do like the song. It's a fun song, and I really do like how they perform it. Um, I guess the main thing to talk about with this song is how they do perform it and how they introduce it. I like that it's introduced straight through dialogue at first. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you think? What What do you think on this? I just like the puppetry and how it one ups everything from like the movie. Like it knows everyone has seen that movie and it knows that, yeah. and they realize we got to do something a little different, but also give them what they want. You know what I do like about this though. Um, even though they know everyone has seen the movie, they still make sure to explain what is happening in the previous song. <laughs> right. So if if you hadn't seen the movie, it would still make sense. <laughs> like, even in the movie, it doesn't really make sense, because they don't set up that the Maitlands know how to do this. At least in the musical, they do. Yeah, they actually set it up better than they do in the, in the movie. <laughs> Fucking what do you know? All right. I, there's not that much to say about this song because it's just like a it's just like a reggae it's song. It's fun. That, it's goofy. It is fun. And it's a good act ender. Also, him saying it's showtime is is the best thing in the whole world. I could listen to him say that on repeat. I do have more to say about that beautiful sound, though. That beautiful sound is great. Um, I don't have much to say about that song, so I'm gonna let you go. Um, I just, I honestly, it's a bop. It's a really catchy melody, um, <laughs> and it just kind of really perfectly shows what uh, what they're doing. It also has a really great uh, character thing that's weaving into the song, where Beetlejuice is like, "You know, what would be better, even more of me," and then he starts singing harmonies with more of him. <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous, it's it's fun, (laughs) it has nothing to do with the fucking plot. Um, no, not really, but it's a a really fun moment, and sometimes that's all you need. Not everything Um, needs to be directly relevant. No, it's a great act opener, because it has nothing to do with the plot. Let's people sit down and be like, whoa, what's going on? But at the same time, it is mildly plot relevant, because it's showing what is happening at the house now that they have taken control, so. Obviously, not really necessary, but like, I guess it is uh, It is necessary to show that Lydia's kind of in on, like, Beetlejuice's way of life of fucking with people. And the same, like, joyful nihilism that he experiences, too. Absolutely. Mama, I could use some help here. Tired of talking to myself here. Back at home, you don't exist. So here I am in the abyss. Are you really in this place? It's like the emptiness of space I could search for all eternity And never see your face 
Let's talk about home. I what did you think of home? Because I love this song so much. I mean, I like this song, but I think you're honestly gonna have way more to say about it. So I think you should go first. Why don't you just go? Because I know you're not gonna talk about all the things I want to. Okay, I think it's a really good song. I really like how it just. I, I think I've already kind of said everything I had to say. It shows that she has changed her ways, and now she realizes what she actually wants isn't what she wanted before. <laughs> It's it's good. I don't know. <laughs> it is, but it's also her closing her arc on her mom, realizing, like, fuck, like, you're just floating here in the emptiness of space, and it's terrifying. Like, I can't just go my entire life chasing you, knowing I'll never find you. Like, it is such a depressing moment, but also, like, her yeah. coming to terms with her father. Yeah, it's it's a good song. Um, I just, yeah, again, I don't have that much to say on that uh all right what about creepy old guy <laughs> creepy old guy is kind of funny i i feel like it it's actually a little bit too indulgent for my taste actually like what do you, okay negative opinions explain yeah my negative opinion i i get it but you can only say the word creepy old guy so many times before it's like okay it's really not that funny anymore <laughs> I mean, repetition is important for, like, any song. That's kind of why no song in American Psycho works. I, I get that, but they repeat it a lot. Like, they say creepy old guy maybe, like, a hundred times in the song. <laughs> I like the joke. I think the joke is funny. I just think it might have... It, it, the song itself gets a little played out. I, you know uh, what it reminds me of, actually, is maybe a song what? from, like, uh, Something Rotten or something like that, where it's like... It's kind of funny the first time you listen to it, but then every time I go back, it's, like, less funny. <laughs> I guess th I can see that. It, You know what it is? It's not clever, like, uh, lyrically speaking. The joke is very upfront. It's in the title of the song, and, like, that's really about all you get with it. Well, fine, if you want to be such a downer. Well, what did you think about it? I I, I agree with you. <laughs> it's not my favorite. It it's a little annoying. I don't think it's like bad or anything like that. But like the I mean the joke is really funny the first time you hear it. You're like, oh shit, that's really funny. But then like every subsequent time, you're like, oh yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I want to marry a creepy old guy after that song. I think the funniest part is when Beetlejuice says that he's a creepy old guy. <laughs> <laughs> like he knows it. <laughs> now I finally got my underage bride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a creepy old guy. <laughs> it's like he's just realizing it. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Yep. What is your overall thoughts on Beetlejuice and your cheese rating? Oh, man. Um, let's see. Overall thoughts on Beetlejuice is it's very good. Um, I, I honestly want to see this live if, if it's possible before this gets closed. I don't know how long they're expecting it to run, but I, I do want to see it. Um, I like it a lot. What else can I say? Uh, as far as a, a cheese rating, um... I'm actually going to do this uh, based on a, a real-life cheese that I'm eating at the moment. 
Uh, I got a old crock sharp cheddar, very sharp cheddar, uh, incredibly tasty. Uh, so I'm gonna give it that. Um. <laughs> uh- I love Beetlejuice the musical. Like, I shockingly like this musical so much more than I expected to. And I think it's a shock of, like, you could have half-assed this and still released it and got some cool visuals. But it could have been, eat... like, Spongebob is what it could have exactly. been. Exactly. It could have been lazy. <laughs> and there is not... There are some things I may not love about this musical, but there is not an ounce of it where effort was not put into it to make it the best possible thing it could be. And its own thing apart from the movie. You know what? It's incredibly cheesy. I'll say that as well. In a good way. In a great, In a good great way. way. Because that's really when it comes down to it, the core of cheese is just giving it your all and not caring. <laughs> and this it, this embodies that, you know? Mm-hmm. Unlike Tootsie, which just makes me angry every time I think about it. Despite <laughs> it having one or two songs I kind of like. Um, What's your cheese rating? Um, I'm giving it paneer cheese because I love paneer cheese. Is it really cheesy? It is found in Indian food, and it just, like, takes a lot of, like, what could be, like, really hard-to-eat stuff because it's so spicy, and lightens it up and makes it so delicious. There you go. That that All actually right. fits this pretty well. I thought that would be great, because I'm, like, a movie adaptations, that's usually something really spicy that I don't particularly like, but it's paneer cheese that makes it so much better. Um, So, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Musicals with Cheese. Leave us reviews. We need reviews. We want to hit 200 by this time next year, and you guys aren't helping us, and we want to do it, and you're not doing it for us, so please leave us reviews. Don't listen to Jess. If you want to leave us reviews, go ahead. It's fine. We are <laughs> not you. doing it, Andrew. We love you guys. Um, our Twitter is at Cheesy Musicals. Our Patreon is Musicals with Cheese. Our Instagram is also Musicals with Cheese. YouTube page, also Musicals with Cheese. Our email is musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Our title card is created by the amazing, the incredible Jolene Casco. Go send her some love over at Instagram, at Jolene Casco. Andrew, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it all up? Um, check out Beetlejuice, the musical. I can't recommend it enough. Shake, 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 senora. Shake a body nine. Whoop, 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 senora. Whoop about a time. Thank you all for listening, and, uh... Jump in the line. I've got body inside. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line. Thank you all for listening, and we all really appreciate all of our fantastic Patreon supporters. Uh, and if you'd like to donate to us, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, see you next time, kids. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.